Well, you know, I have really enjoyed Ephesians. By the way, hi to all those people who might be watching at home. Um, I've really enjoyed Ephesians. I like Ephesians because it is a book that is actually about the church. It's about us. And you know, this time I've thought to myself, what a wonderful thing we've learned about the mystery of God, the blessings that we receive in Christ. And then we heard about this, by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Oh, how many times I have shouted that, that, that verse, because it is so true that it is by the grace of God that we're here, not for anything that we've done, but for what he's done. And then there's that wonderful passage later in chapter 2 that says that he's making, drawing from the Gentiles and the Jews, from all different kinds of people, one humanity in the church in Christ. When he draws us into one, and then in chapter 3, we learn this whole thing about the, how God, he was sent to the Gentiles. And it reminds us that we are sent to the lost outside the church. And then there's that wonderful passage there that says, With this in mind, I bow my knee in prayer to God the Father, from whom every family on earth takes its name and that we are part of that family it is the glory of it and we think to ourselves yes it is one the seven ones one hope one faith one baptism one father of all and then in the midst of the one there's all this variety of ministry that God gives to us. I was saying last night that God's given me two gifts. One is encouragement. The other one is stirring. <laughs> and, and that's true. You see, we are all endowed with gifts of ministry to serve one another, to help one another as one so that all of us can come to maturity. And then there's this passage that tells us that we are to live like it, as children of the light, as Lyndon taught us. That we are to be people who are the pos have the positive things of God. And that passage finishes off with that one, you know, be filled with the Spirit, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then it changes, you know, da-da-da-da, a big change. And the change is, submit yourselves to each other out of reverence to Christ. It is about our relationships. 
and it is about something that we are to do. You know the passage that you read from Romans? Well, I actually have that typed out on my set of sheets. But the one that I want to use from that is this one, 1221. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Because that is what we are to do as Christians. This is how we are to live as Christians. Now, I know this is verse 21 of chapter 5. But I want to tell you something. Do you know how we got the verses in the Bible and the chapters? There were two guys on a trip from England to France. And they were probably in a carriage with the Bible working out where the verses should go. And sometimes they didn't get it quite right. Truly, that happened around about the time of Dr. Johnson. So that's 18th century. That's in the 1700s. That's when we got verses in the Bible. That's just a a throwaway for you. So that's why the radical gift of submission changes the game of life. So submit to one another out of reverence to Christ is the practical result of chapter 5 verse 1, be imitators of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved us. This is actually critically important to us because it then talks about every relationship that is important to us. Of course it talks about husband and wife, and that's still in chapter 5, so I'm leaving that alone. But I'm only going to say one thing about that, is marriage is not a competition. Right? (laughs) That's all I need to say. No more. Then it goes on, and it says something else. Children. Our children are our greatest investment. Did you know that? When you have a powerful ministry like this young fella has, I had years and years of ministry in the leadership position. Not as important as your children. Doesn't matter how successful you are, not as important as your children. It isn't. You spend more money on them, more time on them, and more love on them than you do on anything else. Probably even than your husband and your wife, which you shouldn't. (laughs) But the truth is that we do, don't we? I've got a cautionary tale for you. When I was a teenager, the boy over the road had a motorbike and he used to wrap the throttle wide all the time. And much against his parents' advice, he bought a bigger, faster, but the stand was lower, and he didn't take the time to get used to it. So we had to go to his funeral. There is a thing about this. Parents try to stop their children from making the mistakes that they made. Amen? 
That's the reason why we want our kids to obey. And kids, understand this, that the promise that honor your father and your mother, that your life may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. I nearly quoted it in the really old version that I learnt it as a, as a kid, right? It's important to understand that it is love and submission on the parents to truth, why they want their kids to do the best thing that's the reason why we do it. And it also means that as parents, that when the kids actually step out of line sometimes, that we've got to button the target our kids. Submission, the gift of submission, this radical submission means that we change things by loving, not by pushing. Right at the moment, there is a war going on, and while I am a great lover of Israel, I think, do they really have to go as hard as they've gone? I understand. I know in God's grace, Israel will stand until the second coming and longer. I know that. Hardness is not the way. That's why I took this passage in Romans 12 because it says, do not take revenge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Therefore, for your enemy." Treat your enemy with loving kindness. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire upon their head. That coals of fire on their head, by the way, isn't judgment. In a little book that I have somewhere at home called Strange Scriptures that, that perplex the, the, the Western mind, it tells you that everyone had a special bowl that they put the hot coals in. When their fire went out, they went to their neighbor and they got some hot coals and they put them in the thing and then they carried them on their head home and then they put them and they lit their own fire. So this is to relight the fire of our enemy, to relight the fire of love of our enemy. Now, you see, the next part is the bit about work relationships. It's not about who the boss is or what they're like, but about the Christian values of the employee. Now, fortunately, we don't have slavery here. But it does mean this, that you and I, who work for other people, have got to work for them as though we were working for Christ. Wow, that's tough. What, what if you've got a bad boss? Hmm? There are no bad bosses, are there? You're too right, there are bad bosses. I want to tell you something. When you submit voluntarily, you are controlling your behavior. You're taking the first step to freedom. Do you understand that? 
This is a Christian principle I'm trying to teach you today. That when we submit under Christ, we actually take authority away from the bad people. We give authority to Christ for our life and not to anyone else. That's really hard. I find it really difficult. I've got to be honest. But I see that it's liberating. I'm going to tell you another story. I might have told this one before. When I left Watties as a food technologist, they had a farewell for me. And at the farewell, this hard-bitten lady, (laughs) she was a real tough one, she said, we knew you was different from the others. (laughs) Bosses, she meant. You were the only boss, she said, who didn't swear at us. Right? Who didn't steal. And who didn't who treated us like human beings. When you live your life as to Christ, in submission, you bring a flavor to everyone around you that is sweet and good. This is not about under the thumb This is about giving something, submission radically, openly, honestly, for the welfare of other people. I know this is radical, but it's very important. The next thing is the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord, relying on his mighty strength. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the devil's strategies. And this standing firm is important. To be able to be yourself in all seasons. For our struggle is not against human opponents, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers in the darkness around us, and evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. Now, when we do this, win the person, not the argument. Right? Win the person, not the argument. The world is full of conflict. There's conflict with nations, but the conflict with nations is only a symptom of the conflict that we find ourselves in often. And that conflict, we've got to understand as Christians, and this is the totally different way of looking at it, is this, our struggle is not against human opponents. When you find somebody arguing with you, You've got to stop and say, hang on a moment, hang on a moment, hang on a moment. Let's call a pause here. And under your breath, you should be praying, Lord, Lord, what do I do next? It's so easy. I can be impulsive and I can jump down people's throat. (laughs) The battle is spiritual. 
It's not the person. The person might have a spiritual problem, right? They could be confrontational. They could think that that's their job in life to have a go at you. Did they ever have a go at you, Pastor? No, no, they never have a go at you, do they? Let me tell you something. The way to deal with it is through the Holy Spirit. The way to deal with the difficulties is through this. Look, we pray against the authorities. We don't actually shout at the authorities. We don't shout at the devil. We claim the authority of Jesus. So when we're in this situation, we say, Lord, Lord, please, please, Lord, show me how to do what you would do. And I claim your authority over any evil force that is attacking me. I'm still not all that good at doing that. I wonder how many other people are like that. <laughs> Every now and then, I, I don't know, shh, I lose my cool occasionally. Have you ever lost your cool? No. There it is. Under the bottom, see that bit? Claim the authority of Christ. You don't have to fight battles that are not your battles. They are God's battles, and they are spiritual battles. They are dealt best through prayer. Every now and then, you have to fight fire with fire. But again, I would say this. Listen very carefully to the Holy Spirit before you open your mouth. That, by the way, is a very important part of the Christian's armor. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And there it is, the whole passage there, and I'm going to move on from that. For the next first one is having fastened the belt of truth around your waist. Now, because I was an Anglican minister, we used to wear what's known as cassock albs. And if you didn't have your girdle on, it would flow and you would sometimes tread on it <laughs> right? <laughs> and over you'd go. Well, fortunately, it didn't happen to me. I think it might have happened once in 35 years. The truth, tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Be honest. Got a story about that. Happened the other week. I was topping a paddock for Fred, and uh, a rope that I didn't really recognise got caught under the topping, you know, on the hub of <laughs> topping bar. And here was I underneath. You, you know what this is like with a pocket knife going cut, 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 going mutter, 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 mutter. <laughs> And I said to Fred afterwards, I said, 
I hit a rope. He said, it wasn't mine. And on the way home, I looked down on the tractor and I saw that there had been a rope there and there wasn't a rope there. <laughs> it was my rope. <laughs> so on the Sunday morning, I had to say to Fred, Fred, um, that rope was mine. It wasn't yours. <laughs> it was my own fault. <laughs> Not yours. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. That really stops a lot of arguments. The breastplate of righteousness. When we receive righteousness through faith, we need to act according to that faith, which is righteous. To be in the right is first of all a spiritual thing that is given to us by God. I am not righteous in my own right. But when in faith I say, Lord, you have told me to do this, I will do this in obedience to you, my life is righteous. And that is something that will protect us against unrighteousness. It will protect us against lies and things that people attack us with. That's a pretty blunt sermon, isn't it? <laughs> Just remember this. The breastplate of righteousness is when our faith and our life match up. That's the armor of God. Being firm-footed in the gospel of peace. Soft words turn away wrath. Okay? Learn to bring good news. Learn that positive spin. Not a dishonest spin, an honest spin. Learn the honest one. Soft words turn away wrath. Good news is about bringing peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. Much of, by the way, of what you read in the Beatitudes in, the, in Matthew chapter 5 is in this passage. Good news is about bringing peace with people, with God. It's not just telling people about Jesus. It's showing them about Jesus. Right? It's showing them about Jesus by the way we behave that brings peace. There will be a time of conflict, but sometimes that time of conflict is necessary and God will actually guide you through that time of conflict through the power of the Holy Spirit. The shield of faith. I can remember being in a difficult situation where some people were saying some awful things, not just about me, but about others. And I learnt to say to myself, hang on a moment, do they really mean this? Do I receive their attacks? No, I believe that God has given me a protection I will not believe the worst about what that people person said. 
I'll believe the best about what that person said. When I have faith in God and faith in people, I will actually interpret what people say in the best possible way. When I have faith in God, I know that when people say bad stuff about me or do bad stuff to me, that God will actually look after me. I trust that God will do it. That's what that armor is about, the shield of faith. It's a protection against all the attacks. And all of us can take these things up in prayer. The helmet of salvation. Here's the great protection against self-doubt and attacks of any kind. I heard somebody say about a good friend of theirs, well, he doesn't really believe in himself, right? Well, you see, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my salvation. Without Jesus dying on the cross, not one of us would be here. We are saved not through our own goodness, but through God. Imagine this church suddenly empty. That's what the lack of Jesus dying would mean. There'd be no hope. Imagine how wicked the world would be without all the Christians. We are safe because Jesus actually defeated the devil and protects us. They can't take your head off. They can't destroy your faith. There's a verse that says that no one can pluck us from the hand of God. Doesn't matter how hard it gets. The sword of the Spirit, a little bit of teaching here. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The word used for word is rima in this one. That which is spoken of God or spoken from God. In other words, when, when we're talking here about the sword of the Spirit, it's words which God gives you right now. Mark 13 verse 11 says, when you come before the Sanhedrin, do not worry about what you have to say, right? Don't worry about what you've got to say because the Holy Spirit is going to speak it for you. This is what the sword of the Spirit is. Some of us have thought, oh, it's the word of God, it's the Bible. Well, when this was written, the Bible hadn't been formed Right? And we didn't call it the Word of God until the time of the Reformation. So, this is talking about a spiritual word, a word which God gives to each of you as you obey Him. Something that belongs to you to give you strength. Now, Ephesians, and the music group can come up now, is ultimately about our relationship with God and with each other. United in Christ to share his word. I've got a question for you. How do I fit into God's church? 
I believe it's a really important question. I want you to stop and I want you to think for a moment. How do I fit? How do I fit into this church? God's got a job for me. Yes, I've just retired as an elder. God's still got a job for me in this church. What about you? How do I fit in? Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we need to know what you want us to do. We need to know how to do it. You've taught us so much through Ephesians. But we want to be part of your church that changes the world. Lord, speak to me. Speak to my heart so that I can see a job. No job too simple. No job too easy. No job too hard. And now I dedicate myself to serve you, to be part of your church. To give the rest of my life to you. And to be not just a member of the church, but a servant of your church. Amen.